Could Chris Beard be making a return to Texas Tech? We hope not. Uh, this is a Locked On Big 12 podcast, a Big 12 tournament preview also coming up. Robbie Triano is here. I am Josh Neighbors. Let's get down to the action right after this. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Big 12 podcast. I am Josh Neighbors, your host. Robbie Triano is here today of SiriusXM and the Midwest Madness podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to both Midwest Madness and Locked on Big 12. Uh, very good supplemental, I'll be honest, because uh, our focus has been on our friends out west. So if you guys want that more comprehensive basketball coverage, Robbie has you covered over there. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. Follow the show at LO Big 12. You guys can find Robbie at the Triano Kid and also is at MW Madness, correct, Robbie? Correct. MW underscore Madness Big 12. There you go. Midwest Madness podcast is where you guys can find him. Uh, please subscribe. Also, guys, our goal is 3,600 subs on YouTube by the end of March. We're over 3,500 now. So hopefully we can get there actually a lot faster than I thought. That'd be awesome if you guys could help doing it, help us do it. All right. So uh, Robbie's coming on to, to preview the Big 12 tournament. But first, Robbie, really just out of left field. For Pete Thamble yesterday talking about like Chris Beard, like seriously, like talking about Chris Beard back to Texas Tech. And I, I was reading, the, did you read the replies in the video? Uh, I have not, but uh, I can there, only there is one, one that was like, why, why can't we bring him back? Could you imagine the S storm that would happen if they brought back? Chris Beard under the circumstances of number one, he left to go to number two, Texas. Uh, you know, obviously now he had an, an issue that got him fired, you know, uh, potentially abusive situation. Obviously, you know, it's like, Oh, he's innocent. Well, you know, this happens a lot where victims don't cooperate and what are you going to charge if a victim doesn't cooperate, but go ahead and leave, read the police report and you know, talk to some folks. There's, there's definitely some there, there. And then you've got Mark Adams who has got an issue about being, you know, not verbally, I, verbally abuse is the wrong way to say it, but like really crappy, I guess, I, potentially racist and just awful to a player um, and not knowing it, like I, I just being too kind of stupid to realize what he was doing. And then you would have him leave to bring back Chris Beard. Like that's the, that's the direction you'd go. I mean, this makes no sense, right? Uh, none whatsoever. And I can go back to when Chris Beard left for Texas and Kirby Hocutt, the athletic director, could not have scorched more earth on Chris Beard being like, we have given him everything he wanted. He was one of the highest paid coaches in all of college basketball. And then he leaves for someone not only in our state, but one of our biggest rivals. And you do that. Like, we give you the keys to everything. So if Kirby Hocutt, who now is has five, five coaching hires that he's made that had some type of scandal suspension or whatever based on character-based issues if he were to just remove all that to hire Chris Beard and let's say it doesn't work or another issue like what happened at Texas happened that's a fireable offense Kirby Hocutt probably won't get another job in college athletics and he might not anyway just because he would retire that is a terrible move for him and like you can say yes winning matters and he knew how to win at Texas Tech awesome but when you burn the bridge and then burn every other bridge like around surrounding that bridge, I don't know how you can keep on rebuilding a bridge here. Anyone who says Chris Beard going to Texas Tech, I think is ridiculous. And I don't even know how Texas Tech fans can feel 
because we think about last year when they played for the first time, I they they were surrounding his bus. They were booing every single moment they saw Chris Beard. If you're just willing to take that back because winning, yeah, uh, there's no way in hell. I don't I I I I don't understand any fan who wants that. And just think about the character issue of that. Yeah. You now you now suspend or possibly will eventually fire Mark Adams based on a character related issue, and then you're going to hire someone who just got fired from Texas and could have been coaching there the rest of his life. If it wasn't for a character related issue, I just think Texas tech needs to hire honestly a good person because uh, you, you, you lose Chris Beard finds out that he's not a great person. You're about to lose Mark Adams, maybe even potentially a worse person. So it, Texas tech needs to have a safe hire the next time they do. Yeah. I, I mean, if you hired beard and something went wrong, like that would complete, that could like crater your program. I know basketball is easier to turn around than football is, but like that could be really detrimental to your program in, in the, the short term and the long term. Um, to the Mark Adams point, like it feels like he's coached his last game. Right. I mean, they're not doing well and, Look, I don't know how much of this feels like a Kevin Ollie type deal. Remember, they they kind of, you know, kind of kicked him out the door at UConn in a really crappy way, it felt like. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee football, right, kind of digging stuff up. But we're hearing now of a second incident where he spit on a player. So I know there have been some comparisons to that stuff. Uh, look, like, my policy is this. If, bad, if you do bad stuff, it's good that it comes out. We know that you've been doing bad stuff because it's either a correct, you know, it's a chance for everybody to correct uh, in some way, shape, or form. So are you the belief that he's coached his last game at Tech? Because I, I think he has. I don't think he's coming back. 100%. You, he made a comment that I don't think any human being should be saying, especially in a leadership role when you are in charge of young people. And you say that people be like, well, it was a biblical quote. Did you read the quote? Like, did you read what he said? Because I don't think any human being in America should be saying what he does. Like, imagine in the workplace, like, Josh, we work together. Imagine if I said something like that to you to do something. You'd be like, go F yourself. Like, what what a ridiculous thing to be saying. Right. It was was also most likely a a black player, nonetheless. Like, that is, you know, which makes it, like, triple as bad. Especially in a sport that is dominated by that type. Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, what he said is ridiculous, and that is fireable, and anyone who doesn't think so is kind of a moron. But let's say, let's give him the grace here. Why should Texas Tech keep Mark Adams? Well, he had a good year one. Good year one enough where he was extended until 26, which is so stupid. If you um, have one good year, it's like, let's this. give him and money. basketball, too. Exactly. And year two, this team takes a dip. And you see all these other characters who's coming out with Mark Adams. If you're a Texas Tech fan, why are you loyal to him? What has he done that has made you think this is our guy for the future? You could get rid of him and still have a lot of success there. Because here's what I know about Texas Tech. One, some of the best fans in the entire Big 12. We've seen what that stadium is like, that arena. I understand a lot of that was built by Chris Beard, but they've had good coaches down the line. You have Tubby Smith. You have you have all of these other history there. Bob Knight was there. Correct. I, I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Uh, so then you also have the ability to go back into your pocketbooks and use NIL money. I don't think a Big 12 school outside of Oklahoma or Texas has done better with NIL. They have made such an initiative and make sure those players get paid. That is a good job right there. I don't know if it's a better. It's definitely not better 
than a Kansas or any other like top, top, top Big 12 job. But I would say it is a good job in the Big 12. You can do better than Mark Adams. I'm not saying the ceiling of Texas Tech basketball is Mark Adams. You can do a whole lot better. And that's where I, I don't know why you have to feel so attached to him right now. What a just a weird month too, right? Like they made that, you know, they were the case of this conference is so damn good at basketball that you can, you can essentially just suck. I mean, they were, they were awful for eight straight games and they were winning themselves onto the bubble. I mean, that, that TCU game, Robbie, you know, a week ago or a week at whatever it was week and a half ago now goes a different way. We're having a different conversation about, you know, about Texas tech basketball because they're approaching, you know, closer to the bubble. And then, um, you know, I, I think we got wind of this stuff, obviously, after the game on, on, on Saturday. I'm wondering when this stuff actually happened, because you, know, you never know. That could have been an effect. I mean, they just lost momentum there towards the end of the season. And, um, you know, it was it's just so weird the way it's all gone. I mean, they were so good last year, and then they made the run this year, and then they cratered, and now this is happening. And um, it, is it the you know, as we, as we turn kind of the page towards the, towards the actual tournament itself, is that the story, the biggest story, as we head towards the Big 12 basketball tournament? I mean, in your opinion, or is there something else, or does it just have to be this? In terms of just, like, headlines, 100%, I think it's the biggest story heading into the tournament. And it's really unfortunate because I thought Texas Tech was rolling to the point where I was considering, oh, my God, is this a tournament team? And there's been a point watching them, especially in that game, they almost beat Kansas on senior night. And I was watching them like, that is a really good team. Jalen Tyson is like an awesome story. Yeah. It's just emerged. Yeah. Transferred from Texas and then towards the last part of the year. It's just been awesome to watch. You see, you know, Pop Isaacs emerge coming back from injury, being this awesome guy. Fardaz Amak is being this big in a league without any other bigs. Kevin O'Banner's a beast. Davion Harmon, I can't believe the last one I mentioned. He has been awesome since their 0-8 start to Big 12 play. That is a team that can do damage. And the fact that this has happened to them, uh, either this team against West Virginia is going to go out and lay a complete egg or oh, the they are going right. to be the most motivated basketball team in, in in ever right now. So that's where I'm really watching them very closely. But besides them, I think the biggest storyline to watch in the Big 12 tournament is Oklahoma State because they play Oklahoma to start. And this is a team very much on the bubble right now. And we thought they were securely in for a lot of the season. Then they start skidding a whole lot. Injuries happen. Their non-conference slate is terrible because all of their most important games, they lost, including a loss to Southern Illinois Salukis. So now they go into this tournament. If they beat Oklahoma, is that enough to put them in? I don't think so. But then they go and play number two, Texas. If they beat Texas, they should be in. But I'm so con I'm I'm very much watching Oklahoma State and Mike Boynton to see what exactly that team is going to do and how much they need in order to make the NCAA tournament. And I'm I'm looking down right now as I pull up the the odds from our friends. It kind of leads us into our friends from FanDuel, uh, America's number one sports book. Make sure you guys check them out. FanDuel.com/slash locked on today. Make every moment matter more. The FanDuel sports book. And so uh, we'll combine read plus uh, plus show here. Robbie, the odds, and for the rest of the folks out there, if you guys want to bet on a uh, a Big 12 champion, uh, Kansas is plus 230, Texas plus 310, Baylor is plus 430, TCU is plus 550, K-State plus 900, 
Iowa State plus 1,300, West Virginia plus 1,800, Texas Tech plus 3,500. Um, weird enough, Texas Tech, better odds than both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, who are both positioned at plus 5,000 to win the Big 12 tournament. Uh, once again, check that out, FanDuel Sportsbook today. So it's funny, Robbie, because we're, we're talking about a team that looked like a top 25 team, Texas Tech. Uh, and it's going to be one of the two teams that, you know, or maybe even three, but it's one of the, it's part of the league. that's not going to make the tournament, right? Uh, the NCAA tournament. And I'm going into this tournament. I, I think we're all, we're all like, okay, Kansas for sure. Best team in the, in the big 12 all season long, oh, all season long uh, for, for the season, right? They're the best team in the big 12. They deserve to win it. Obviously great. Um, outside of Oklahoma state, Right, because we know they are they are the one team that like can't that needs a win probably. Who has the most to gain this week from the Big Twelve tournament in Kansas City? Who has because it feels like if KU because KU wins or loses rather they lose, they're still in the one line, right? Uh, I mean, we've seen like all the bracketologists keep giving Purdue losses, and they're you know they're they're still allowed to say at the one seed, which I mean the big like I've I've made it known, Robbie, the, the Big Ten thing. It's I know you're Michigan State guy, but it's just not. It's I'm over it. I agree. Um, Alabama obviously is fighting up there too. UCLA, I think, is definitely in the mix. So, you know, is it KU? I mean, I don't think it's KU. Is Texas, Baylor? Is it TCU for momentum purposes? Is it Iowa State figuring it the hell out? Is it Baylor? Like, what what needs to go down here? And I think one other side thing before I let you go here is be careful because it looks like teams suck sometimes. And then we realize – oh my God, they're playing Big 12 competition. Like, that's not who they're playing in the tournament. I think we do that sometimes. I think TC is a good example last year, like pretty mid-team. And they looked like they were just as talented and probably should have beat Arizona, who I thought was one of the more talented teams in the entire country. So, like, that's an important piece of context we have to attach to this. That just because you can't figure it out right now doesn't mean when you play ostensibly lesser competition in the tournament, you might actually end up being okay. My team is the Baylor Bears. I think the Baylor Bears need to have an amazing tournament because you come off a very strange season-ending loss on senior night to Iowa State, who just lost Caleb Grill, uh, one of their, I wouldn't say leaders, I don't know, but one of their better players and has been there for a while and has known Coach Otzelberger for a long time. And they lose that game by double digits, and it was very strange. And also just a sign of, what Baylor can be when things go wrong, because if they shoot the lights out, there's not a team in the, in the country that can necessarily beat them because you have all of these dynamic playmakers on that team and all of these amazing shot makers with Keontae George, Adam Flagler and LJ Cryer. But if one of those things don't happen for them, their defense is that bad that it will just, you cannot win in the tournament if they just do not go off. So I want to see a little bit more in this tournament from them on the defensive side of things. I want to see them go into the tournament with momentum and they start with Iowa State so they get a chance to make revenge. But then after that, they're most likely going to play Kansas. And that right there is the game to me that can make or break this tournament because that last showing with Baylor and Kansas, the tale of two halves, Baylor was unstoppable. In that first half, Keontae George was shooting anywhere on the court and making it second half. Everybody missed for Baylor and everybody made it for Kansas. If Baylor can just show that they can have a consistent game against the top of the big 12 and show that they can hang defensively 
that's where I get a lot of confidence for them. Because right now, I don't think Baylor's a national title team at all. Too many defensive woes. And now we want to see a player like Dale Bonner, who has just magically been on their bench, but now being thrust to being their best guard defender. I want to see Chama Chachua go out there and put himself more. Honestly, Flo Thamba carry on this little tiny stretch of great play he had to end the Big 12 season. I'm looking at Baylor a whole lot because if they can win this tournament or make a deep run, I really do think they can prove themselves as a national title contender. But as of right now, absolutely not. Yeah, it Baylor's fascinating. Robbie, here's what I think it is. And I, I, I haven't looked at the, the Ken Palm number. I mean, they're, I think their Ken Palm numbers for the championship year were obviously insane, but their guards on the perimeter are not as good of defenders. And also, I mean, I think we have to understand like the the weapon that Davion Mitchell was on the perimeter just because of the way that he, like he was so horrifying to play against because he was their defensive stopper. He was their transition starter and he was a really skilled player who could shoot from three drive attack and pass. And, you know, cause I think we, we go back to the team, like Jared Butler was kind of like Jared Butler was kind of like the leader ish. I guess it felt like, right. It, mm-hmm. it seemed like Davion though. It, it didn't seem Davion was the most talented player out of that group. He was the Correct. most NBA he talented. Far had the better NBA talent because what he yeah. can do defensively. I totally agree. He was amazing during that tournament. And they just don't have that this year. And so that was the thing is like when other teams are going scoring droughts against them or when they would go on a scoring drought, rather, it felt like they could force you as well to go on that scoring drought and keep it. I think I remember who they were playing. I think it was Villanova, maybe the year they won the championship. And that game was a pretty stagnant game, but they kept that thing pretty close. And then they, they ended up getting things going and winning that basketball game. I remember correctly. That's just the problem for me this year. I just don't think that this team has the juice defensively that, you know, that that Baylor team had. And when push comes to shove, like, I think that might be, you know, what hurts them. And, and the crazy thing here is, Robbie, they're playing a team in in Iowa State that is going for the, the, the sweep, the full, the three-game sweep against them, which is, good God. I mean, <laughs> you know, Iowa State talking about a weird situation, too. Like, that was – I didn't get to see any of that game. Watch the highlights afterwards. Just bizarre, though. I mean, I can't get a read in Iowa State right now either because they'll yank one of those out of their tails sometimes, too. Yeah, Iowa State to me is one of the more confusing teams in the Big 12, but I do think they have a lot of amazing players on this team that can do things in the tournament. Gabe Kalsher, I was a lot of people were shocked that he did not win Defensive Player of the Year. I was team Dewan Harris Jr., even yeah. though his stats don't necessarily back it up. I think in a league that is so guard dominant, he was the best on-ball guard defender in the whole league. Gabe Kalsher can do things defensively. You have Jaron Holmes, who is a good shot maker and was on the first team all newcomer. You have Taman Lipsy, who is a freshman, first team all freshman player in the Big 12. They do have studs and they do have bigs, but they are a little bit undersized for that for that team. And that's where I have trepidation. But like, what is the ceiling for Iowa State? I, I don't know. That's a team to me that I, you could say this with a whole lot of teams, but that's a team to me that I don't know if they can make it out the first weekend. And if they do, I could see them going a little bit farther. I don't know what the ceiling is. You could tell me they were out of the first round, or you could tell me they made it to the Sweet 16. I have I don't know anything about Iowa State. And honestly, they have not been my favorite t- team to watch in the Big 12, but what they no. do do is play doo-doo. Uh, they play really good defense, and that's where I yeah. like Iowa State. Well, the thing was, last year's team had two guys to get you a bucket, right? Because the tournament's all about guard play. 
Brockington and Hunter are no longer there. And it, it's pretty impressive like, how good the team was for a lot of the year considering that, but that's my hesitation. Um, and I, I, you know, when you look at that side of the bracket, Kansas obviously is going to draw Baylor, Iowa state. Um, you know, I'm thinking it's hard. It's tough to beat a team three times. I think Baylor's going to be motivated. The other side of the bracket is really interesting though. I, I like Texas to win the big 12 tournament because number one, I think the stakes of them are pretty high. And they, I think they have, you know, I think they have a chance. I mean, let's just be honest. If you rack up a win against, you know, let's just give me Oklahoma State, K State, and Kansas, pretty legitimate push for a one seed, right? I mean, it's a pretty legitimate push for a one seed, depending on how things play out. Um, I like that draw. I I think TCU K State is a very important game for both of those teams in terms of momentum. TCU, as good as they have looked at times. It's just not there yet. It's just, and and I mean, I, I don't really know what situation Eddie Lampkin. Are you, are you, do you know Robbie about how far along I, we are with this? I have no idea, but I do not think he's, if he does play, I would be a little bit surprised just because I haven't seen him really towards the last part of the season. I thought they might just hold him out until the NCAA tournament starts, but like they desperately need some, some momentum. Uh, they, they really do. And I, I think that game is, I think it's gonna be a fantastic basketball game. Like I'm, I'm excited. The spread, I think it's going to be, it's going to be around a pick them. Uh, I, I think for that one, K-State will have the crowd, obviously, because it's in KC, right. I'm in bigger, bigger school as well. But I love that side of the bracket. I, I think, you know, uh, you might get some desperation out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Obviously you're going to get Red River, which was exciting before. And here's the thing. OU, massive wild card. The biggest wild card in the entire tournament, because on any given day, they look like a not a top 25, not a top 20, like a top 15 outfit on any day of the week. And on I, any day, they also can look like, you know, uh, you know, a, a bottom of the Mac with two A's. So I'm, I don't know what to do with I couldn't disagree more. I am so out on Oklahoma basketball. I think they yeah. are unathletic. I think their <laughs> offense is uninspired. I don't know what to think. And if you play them against Oklahoma State, Okay, Tanner Groves beat us. All right, we got Musa Cisse, we got Caleb Boone. All right, we got we got Grant Scherf. Uh, okay, we got other defenders for Oklahoma State. That's I am not buying Oklahoma whatsoever. I have no, nothing good to say about the Oklahoma basketball team this year. They've been by far the worst watch of the entire season, and I'm not getting drunk on that TCU. Well, performance. I'm not. I'm just saying on one given on one day because think about this, Robbie. There's two games in this season that if you swing the results, we're talking about a, a different year for them. Um. The game against Kansas, which they had KU. I mean, I'll use it dead to rights. And the Texas game, which they were winning at, at Texas. Maybe you can just give them one of those games. But, like, they have double-digit victories, big double-digit victories, against uh, Alabama. They beat by, you know, they're up by, what, 35 at the one point in that game. They beat Kansas State by 14. They beat Iowa State in Hilton by 11. They beat TCU by 14. Like, it's been just confusing to watch these guys this year. And sometimes they just get run out of the gym and sometimes they'll be on their home floor. So I'm just saying, I like the bottom half of the bracket. I know people will probably like, uh, you know, the KU West Virginia game more plus the Baylor Iowa state winner, like Kansas Baylor's be great. The bottom half though, I could see probably three of those teams coming out. The top half, it's going to be Kansas or Baylor in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, if I were to just make a pick, I think it's Kansas. And I think that Bill Self is going to value this very much because I, I hear this narrative like, oh, they're going to use this time to rest some of their key no, players. God. I just don't think that Kansas is ever going to do that. And if we think about last year, like the two years before that, Texas won the Big 12 tournament. 
And then Iowa State won the Big 12 tournament. And those were teams that were not in the top of the Big 12. But last year when Kansas went and won the Big 12, and you see Remy Martin emerge at that very important moment, like it was important for Kansas to win that because then they go into the NCAA tournament with all this momentum. And I think Kansas wants to do that and also want to play some of their bench depth a little bit more. I mm. think they want to try Joseph Yesifu in other situations. I think they want to st- like play Ernest Uda Jr. in a lot of other situations. This is a team that I think can experiment in the tournament, but also have the emphasis to win. Because I know Dwan Harris Jr. and Kevin McCullough have a little bit of an ankle issue, but that's a team that I, I think will win the Big 12 tournament, and I think will value playing really good basketball in this tournament. And if I were to have a dark horse, I, I'm really looking at that Kansas State TCU game like you have. And if TCU wins that, I really do think that they can win the Big 12 tournament. They're my dark horse to do it. Just because you have all this great guard play, Damian Ball and Mike Miles Jr. have been awesome. They have athletic wings. They have, if Eddie Lampkin is back, a big who can go against another big. Like, that's a team that is old, has depth, really good star player right now. I I, I like TCU a whole lot to make some noise if they do beat Kansas State, but that being in Kansas City – gives a little trepidation for me, but I have no problem if TCU won. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So the one thing I, I like that, that TCU had happen for them is that during the Mike Miles injury and Eddie Lampkin being out, it gave a ton of time for them to get the bench depth depth ready. And, you know, um, I'm going to use this term in more of like an NBA sense, but they have like 10 guys on the team that I do trust in, you know, in big games, because guys have been playing in it all year. I mean, think about it. Miles, Ball, Miller, Coles, Peavy, O'Bannon, Wells, Lampkin, Cork. I mean, they've got all of these guys that have played, you know, in these in, in these really important games. And so I think that was one of the, the one of the benefits of having Mike and, and Eddie out. But now they have to find that form again. I think you're right. I think that game is probably going to be, I think it's going to be a war. I, I think that game is going to be an absolute war. Um, you know, if, if like if I almost feel like I should bet on that game to go to overtime because it feels like that's what might happen. I, I'd be shocked if one of those teams win by, wins by more than five, five or six, to be honest. I, foul shooting in the end, sure, whatever. It, nobody, there's not going to be a 10 point victory, I think, in that game. I think it's like I'm, I'm almost 100% sure about that. So, and they have uh, the defense for Marquise Noel, and they do have length for Keontae Johnson. Like, yes. Those two were some of the best players in the Big 12 this whole year, and if you've been watching, you can agree with me. But they do have the answers for them, and if you want to make a Naquan Tomlin or a Desi Sills beat you, go ahead. That's where I like TCU, and I this is a real. I I think it might even be the game of the tournament besides the championship. I think this is a really awesome matchup. Uh, all right, so who is your championship game, and who's your champion? You're picking Kansas, but who do you think Kansas beats in the Big 12 championship? I think I'm going to go with TCU with that. I think Kansas-TCU would be an awesome matchup. I would not be surprised to see Texas just because those are the best two teams in the Big 12, and anybody else can say, oh, the Kansas State. No, Texas is just a really damn good basketball team, and I want to wax a little bit poetic on them because you have Marcus Carr, who we know he can just let it rip wherever he is, but he's making shots. He does take the shots when you need it in big-time moments, and then you have other pieces around him, like a Sir Jabari Rice, who was one of the best players in the whole Big 12 this year. Sixth man of the year. Every time I look at a box score, it seems like he's scoring in the 20s. And then now the, what gave me the most confidence is that last game against Kansas. 
Tyrese Hunter finally was the player we all wanted this year, scoring 20 points. He is an exceptional on-ball defender. That is just a really good, balanced team. And then you have a player like Timmy Allen or Dylan DeSue that can give you the length and athleticism that you need. And then you have other wing defenders like a Brock Cunningham, as much as you want to punch him in the face. They are athletic. They have a lot of great wings. And they have shot makers on that team. And that's where I really do like the Texas Longhorns. I don't think anybody is going to, when they fill out their March Madness bracket, have Texas in their championship or winning that. But I do think that is a team that can be very, very, very dangerous in March. I like them a whole lot. I'm going to go with the Texas Longhorns over the Baylor Bears in the championship game. I think Baylor, um, knowing how – like Kansas – I'm not concerned about it, but I do think this is this is your opportunity to get, you know, Yesifu trying to go against good competition, right? And make sure you're you're squared up with Pettiford and make sure you know you're good with Uday. I want all that all, all that stuff to, to be pretty good. Like I know how good that team can be. And so I'm not saying they're gonna take it easy, but you know, I, I don't I don't need to play Jalen Wilson 40 minutes. I don't need to play Dewan Harris 40 minutes. I just don't. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's not worth doing that, I think. And so Baylor who desperately needs to figure this thing out. I think Scott, I think I trust Scott Drew in that situation. I think I, I trust the guys like Flagler, Cryer to elevate their play, Dale Bonner, JTT. Like this, this is time. This is the time to step it up because it's, it's been a really weird, been a really weird kind of, I guess, really weird season for them really in conference play. Oh my God. That's a team that at some moments you're like, this is the best team in the whole conference. And at some points you're like, this team can't get a single stop at any moment. And where, where has Adam Flagler or Keontae George gone in certain moments? And that's right. I can't tell him. I think Scott Drew's done a, I guess it's, I guess you'd say this, done a good job sometimes and a bad job sometimes. Right. Like, is that fair? Uh, I would say so. And it's also that this team has to rely on some younger players that necessarily they, mm, so like LJ Cryer and Keontae George, LJ Cryer is a junior who was mostly like a bench player for most of right. his career until now. And then you have Keontae George, a freshman. And then you look at every other team in the league right now and they are old. And it's very intriguing because they're like a very old young team. Like you have Flo Thamba, who's this old player, but then they have a lot of other unproven young players, especially on the depth or hasn't had a lot of experience. Like they have to rely on Dale Bonner, who's a senior but hasn't necessarily had a whole lot of game reps for Baylor right now. And then you have to like, like Adam Flagler took a step this year, but was never that guy really for them. So that's a team that has kind of had some growing pains with them. And like, I understand where they are today, but they, they have to figure it out if they want any real chance to go far in March right now. And I'm going to go with Texas. Um, I, I really like that win they had, I know KU didn't need it like that win they had. Uh, getting some momentum going here. I, I think that people just kind of, we're not really talking about Texas right now, right? We're just kind of, we're not really talking about them. And also like, I think how, okay. So I, I've said this before, Robbie, I think that Marcus Carr ultimately kills them. Um, and, and, you know, is why they, they won't win. I think there's a chance that they can, they can like work around that a little bit at, at most of the time. It, it feels like Sir Jabari Rice is that guy, right? It, I trust with, with one, like under a minute left. I know Marcus Carr is a guy who can like get the space, but sometimes he like takes a shot before he can get the space for himself. 
Serge Amari Rice, it's not always him creating the space, but he just knows how to operate. Knows how, he knows how to really play well, actually, next to Marcus Carr. I think it's the best thing. It's like he, his under, understanding of floor spacing is about as good as it gets. And, and I trust him and a little bit more. And also, Tyrese Hunter, Robbie, you remember that last year? In, uh, what game was it? The, was it Miami? There was one game, and uh, maybe the game before that, where he was just on uh, – I forget who it was last year, whatever. Uh, LSU maybe. I forget who they beat. But he was on fire in one of those games. We know he could, he's a big-time player. So they have two guys. It doesn't have to be Marcus Carr. And that's what I like about this team. So I'm going to go with the Longhorns. And um, I'm a little bit higher on them as a tournament team than I was like a week and a half ago. Yeah, absolutely. And shout-out to Rodney Terry. He had a talented team, and he has gotten the most out of the talent from that team. Yeah. And I give him credit. I don't think he deserved Coach of the Year. Uh, I don't even think he was second on that. But he had a really good team. That team did not necessarily take a dip without Chris Beard. And that's why he was a really good coach this year. And that's why Texas is really good. All right. That will do it for our show today. Robbie, tell the folks where they can find you and all of your work and its variety. If you're not listening to this, come to SiriusXM Big 12 Radio. We talk all things during the day. But then after that, come to the Midwest Madness Podcast. We are going full force for March Madness. We're going to have about podcast two to three times every single week, making sure you are getting your fill on Big 12 hoops. You can follow that. Subscribe at MW underscore Madness Big 12. And Josh, I understand you are not with us for Big 12 today anymore, but the fact that we can still do this, it warms my heart because I yeah. love talking to you and talking Big 12 with you. I know. I missed you. Uh, and it's I'm, I'm very glad that you and I were able to do this. We'll do this also throughout the NCAA tournament as well. So, guys, make sure you guys find Robbie. Make sure you guys find us on Twitter at Big 12 You guys can uh, make sure you subscribe to the show. Then find us just like Midwest Madness wherever you get your podcast. All right, Robbie, we'll talk to you soon and get back to work. See you, man.